Welcome to Our Shoreline, Your Horizon, a podcast by Dan Casey, featuring business and economic development news from St. Clair County, Michigan. Stretch your horizons in the beautiful shoreline communities of St. Clair County, home to one of the nation's busiest international border crossings. Learn more at edascc.com. Hello, I'm Dan Casey with the Economic Development Alliance of St. Clair County, Michigan, and your host of EDA's Our Shoreline, Your Horizon podcast. And I'm excited to welcome an old friend and colleague to the podcast today. Maureen Krause has worked in economic development at the local, county, and at the regional level, and used to head up our organization many years ago, a few, and so you're very familiar with the Thumb Coast region in St. Clair County. Today, we're going to be talking about a new issue that's been sweeping through Michigan, which is uh, site readiness. Primarily, we're talking about industrial sites. So for those who are wondering what that means, I'm really talking about the preparation of land for development in advance of projects occurring. Recently, Ford announced a significant investment in the states of Tennessee and Kentucky, where it will be siting battery manufacturing plants and R&D related to electrification of automotive vehicles. One of the reasons cited for selecting those locations was the investments those states made to prepare thousands of acres of land for development. Michigan does not have such a program currently, and it has stung a little bit to lose an automotive investment from a state that prides itself on being the automotive capital of North America. Today, I'd like to welcome Maureen Krause to the podcast. She's the president and CEO of the Detroit Regional Partnership, an 11-county initiative focused on attracting investment and jobs to our region. Maureen, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. I'm really pleased that you asked me and thrilled to be here, as you know, based on my growing up uh, visiting uh, Lake Huron as well as working here. St. Clair County just has a special place in my heart, and I really have a deep understanding of the assets and opportunity here. So it's an important topic, and I think uh, St. Clair County will end up being a leader in this topic as well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So my first question today is, where did we go wrong with the Ford Project? So, you know, that was, um, we had some hints that it was happening, but not to scale. Uh, So we knew uh, all of our OEMs um, and tier ones are right now in Michigan and around the world spending billions on the conversion from internal combustion engine production to electric vehicles. So we had a hint this was coming. Where did we go wrong, though? I mean, really, you know, we've talked about location, location, location in real estate. It's all about site, site, site. The site that they have, 2,000 acres in Tennessee, took 19 years for the state to develop at over $250 million cost. We don't have a site that's similar. We've been talking about site readiness for a long time. We sort of go in cycles in Michigan and certainly in this region of having too much real estate, too many buildings, and then not enough. Part of when you don't have enough, which is where we're at right now, of buildings, is making sure that you have sites that are ready to go at the speed of business, um, that have the least amount of obstacles, and that you understand the sites too. So there aren't, well, we'll have to do a six-month study on that for environmental, or we'll have to build a road, or we'll have to, you know, it'll take three years to get power. We need to really understand what sites are operating that meet our customers' needs. And in economic development, we're all about what does the customer need? In this case, the customer is the business looking to make an investment. So, you know, we were caught a little bit off guard with that. You know, people speculated about a whole bunch of reasons why we didn't get this project. 
we didn't have a site to throw into the running for this. And that was the primary site. We can talk about other issues, but when you don't have a site and they want to be in operation in a couple of years, uh, you're just off that list. So normally a project of that size is, uh, you know, they're pretty far and few between. Uh, This has been a really unusual time because of the transformation of the industry to electrification. And so there are a number of big projects out there where they're trying to site battery plants and the supply base that supports them, right? And so it's unusual, I guess, for a state to invest in what we call a mega site, right? Mm -hmm. And to spend that kind of money. So congratulations to Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, Politically, that's very difficult to do, though. So what's the first step here in Michigan for us to be able to compete for these kind of projects? Well, I think, you know, when we look at the state as a whole, there's a couple of things. A project like this has to be near a population center. It doesn't have to have it within the community or even within the county, quite frankly. Um, People commute. Uh, I commuted up to Port Huron for a few years uh, from Macomb County. So what is the radius of population and talent that will support this business. So that's really a primary thing to do. And then you have to look at within that range of talent, where are the communities that are willing to have this type of a project? Some communities want to remain a small residential community. They only want commercial development. They don't necessarily want industrial or they may want high tech. So it's really, um, I've said before, the coalition of the willing Who are the willing communities that want to be in this position? So those are a couple of things that are even starters really before you look at a piece of real estate. I think we can fly over Michigan and see a lot of real estate, a lot of greenfield sites here. That doesn't mean they're all ready-to-go sites for development. Yeah, so we definitely have a lot of work to do, I think, to get in the game with some of these bigger projects. But I also think that it's important that we talk about the majority of our projects are smaller sites, 10 acres, Mm -hmm. you know, 20 acre sites. We don't have enough of those either that are development ready, do we? Not at all. And, um, you know, a development ready site has a few key criteria and it can be everything from five acres or less. If you're building 20,000 square feet, you don't even need five acres for that, right? It's all about scale um, and what works in a community. But where is the infrastructure? Where is the transportation networks, roads, rail, you know, the bridge to Canada, which is a huge, the Blue Water Bridge, which is a huge asset up here. That type of infrastructure is very critical uh, because we all know it takes a while to build a road, to put in water and sewer where it needs to be. So, you know, it's it's almost an analysis of where is the existing infrastructure, and then you look at the real estate that has it. Because once again, in the past, and Dan, you and I have been doing this a long time, we had a little more lead time on some of these projects. It's a little crazy how much they want to tighten things up. Um, and, you know, we want, uh, I, we're working on a big project right now, 100 acres that said, we're going to, we've been in touch with them for a month. We're going to decide on a site by the end of the year. So in two months, significant investment. So we have to be ready. Communities who want this type of development for their future have to be ready to respond and ready to remove obstacles in a quick fashion or to have the least amount of obstacles possible so a site is ready to develop. Well, I think the Magna project is a really good case study. This is the project that's under construction in St. Clair because that project started about one year ago. That's when the initial call came in that a company, some company, was looking for a site. And here we are today. The building is nearly completed. They've already got manufacturing equipment in there. They're already doing, they're in production, um, doing small run production, testing out parts in their processes. But basically, they're almost done. 
that's a much better example going forward of how these projects are happening and the timeframes that you have to meet. And if you have to put water and sewer in, if, if you have not done the environmental work on a site in advance, if you don't have the roads that you need there, right, or if you don't have the appropriate trained workforce, you're not going to be in the game for a project like that, are you? No, because the competition is out there. And, you know, global companies look globally to cite these. They might concentrate on the Midwest, but if we don't have it in Michigan, they can go to Ohio, they can go to Indiana and get the type of site that they need. So it really is that uh, sort of checklist of the types of assets you need on a piece of real estate combined with that willing community. You know, we work on sort of workforce analysis around sites all the time because that is also a really important driver. But first we have to look at is there a site that that actually works? Uh, we want to be in the game on every project that is related to the priorities of our community. And so we have to identify what are their needs. The site's development is quicker than it used to be, but also the needs of this new space. You know, electric vehicle is one, and that's one we're hearing a lot about. They need bigger sites in the past. They don't want to go and redo an old industrial site. Some do that. Uh, Stellantis has done it in Detroit recently. Factory Zero, GM in Detroit. Those are two massive scale. But a typical company who needs 100,000 square feet wants to be quick to market to supply their customer. And having sites that have been analyzed and looked at what is still left to be done provides that certainty to the customers that we as economic developers like to give them. So what would you say is the role of communities in this process? Really playing the long game, looking at where do you want to be 10 to 20 years from now, not what the quick fix is right now, using uh, data to look at what would make sense in your community, what type of project. I think it's important to analyze talent uh, that you have and, and really make sure you as a community have the policies and procedures in place to provide certainty and speed to customers, proper zoning, proper site plan review process that uh, a company can rely on and doesn't have changes. And I would say, and uh, Dan, you didn't pay me to say this, but working with you and the EDA, because you can bring resources and data and information that each individual community in St. Clair County cannot afford to provide on their own. So it's that coordination at all levels. You know, at the Detroit Regional Partnership, we can help you with a lot of that data, but you also have some unique uh, resources to help your individual communities in St. Clair County. Uh, That sort of team of all of us working together really leads to the best success. Yeah, so I think talking about the issue with property owners, with builders, and of course with your communities, I think is really the key to this. So for example, you guys developed your VIP program to market these development-ready sites. And we began talking about that and sharing some of your slides on Mm -hmm. that process, the rating system, how does it look. We shared that with one of our private property owners who's in the development business, and they've been investing upwards of about $20,000 on about an 80-acre site in Marysville that they've been marketing for years, and they haven't landed a project despite the fact that it's only a mile or so from an interchange and zoned correctly. And so now they're doing the environmental work, and they've got a little wetland issue on the property that they're dealing with, with Eagle and so forth. So I think that going forward, that's a good example of of what needs to happen, I think, if we're going to be serious about 
getting sites ready for some of these projects. But I also think there's a role for communities. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, deals are closed at the community level. So as a regional organization representing 5.4 million people and 348 individual cities, villages, and townships, we are not closing deals. It's our local community that makes that happen. And so being prepared, being consistent in what requirements are needed for your community gives companies the assurance that they're not going to be facing roadblocks in the whole process. They're worried about getting the right equipment in to deal with their customer. They don't want to worry about a 10-step site review plan process or, you know, I'm exaggerating, but what are removing the obstacles to making sure that it's a smooth process. And that's a company that will not only come to your community, but stay and grow because they feel they've had a partnership with that community. Do you see, you know, in our last minute here, do you see communities investing some of their own money, perhaps even buying sites and controlling those properties because they can, of course, negotiate incentive packages or deals when they have control a lot lot better than, than the private sector certainly would. Uh, yes. I think having the least amount of obstacles, which can be multiple property owners, um, is, a, is a big problem that occurs. So having the community control the property doesn't always have to be ownership, can be right of first refusal, um, is very important. And I will say, historically, Port Huron has been a leader in Michigan in doing this type of work for the city's industrial park. It was not only a state leader, but really nationally on how to do it with a well-structured, well-thought-out program that has benefited the community. You know, every job is important to every person who has it. And so having your community prepared so your existing residents and residents you want to attract have those job opportunities is really what I think is a primary goal of our policymakers uh, to work on. So, uh, you know, it's been done before in the county, and we really look forward to working with you again. As we talk to decision makers really around the country and the world, when they ask where do we think is a good place for our project to go, um, it's great to see the leadership coming from you and the EDA and all of your communities to get ready for the future. Well, we're definitely excited about the future, too, because it is changing with electrification and and with Industry 4.0 and, and other changes that are coming. And uh, so we all have a lot of work to do. That's one of the, the lessons I learned today in talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we're, we're all anxious to roll up our sleeves and get started. So thank you for being on the show today. You are welcome. And I look forward to coming back again and again because uh, great opportunity here. That makes the job fun. Yeah, I'd love to have you. With that, I'm going to end today's show. I'm Dan Casey with the EDA of St. Clair County, and I hope you'll join me again on the next edition of Our Shoreline, Your Horizon. Thanks for listening. To hear more, visit the podcast page at WGRT.com or find Our Shoreline, Your Horizon on your favorite podcast app.